You've probably heard of this Alberta calling campaign. Uh, it was all over social media. The premier went down to Toronto to launch it uh, in that part of the world. Uh, it's got a lot of uh, buzz on social media, some of it positive, some of it goofing on it a little bit. But it's an interesting concept. Basically what it is, uh, one of the last initiatives launched by Premier Jason Kenney, essentially it's a full court press to try and convince people living in Ontario and in BC, primarily in Toronto and Vancouver, uh, to move to Alberta because it's just so much better out here, especially if you're thinking about buying a home. And you know what? It's pretty hard to argue with that. So sort of break down the, the campaign and whether or not it's a good idea. We're going to chat now with uh, Mikhail Skuterud, who is an economics professor at the University of Waterloo. Uh, Mikhail, thanks so much for your time. I appreciate you joining us. Oh, hang on. I've got to push the button. I don't know why that's off. Hi, Mike. How are you, Mikhail? Good. How are you, <laughs> Sorry. Thank you for joining us. Um, first of all, when you take a look at what's going on with uh, this campaign and how it's happening, how do you think it's landing in Ontario? Uh, are the issues that it's raising in terms of cost of home ownership, shorter commutes, lots of jobs, wide open spaces, is that is that coming at an opportune time for it to sell itself in Ontario? No, absolutely, it is. Uh, I mean, these are these are not new concerns for people that are in the GTA area. Uh, you know, Kenny coming coming to the GTA and selling Alberta is not anything new for these folks. They've been thinking a lot about other places. I mean, a lot of this mobility is happening just within Ontario. Right. So people moving from, you know, Toronto to where I, where I am, out to like Waterloo and London and, and so on. Yeah, you make a good point because that's always happened. We've always seen people sort of moving out of the larger urban centers when they get really, really expensive. And there's an interesting element to all of this right now. You know what, if you're working in Toronto, for a lot of people, you can come and live in Red Deer if you want to and still work in Toronto because we have this whole remote component to work now. So that's for sure a big part of it. And and, and we, we've co- we're still collecting the data on, on work from home. That was some new data that got added to our monthly labor force survey, asking people about whether they're working on a regular basis from home. And, and what that data does show is that the pandemic has, has had some long-term effects. It doesn't look like yeah. we're going back fully to what we were doing before. There's going to be some real, some long-lasting effects of the pandemic on, on work-from-home activity. And Ontario, I mean, like you say, people moving out of the GTA, but there are a pretty good exodus of people right out of Ontario currently underway before this campaign, uh, like 50,000 in the second quarter. So you're sort of tapping into something that seems to be happening naturally. No, absolutely. Um, and, and it's the right thing. I mean, it's you know, the, the worry from an economist's point of view is ideally what you want is you want absolutely no barriers to labor mobility. Right. You want workers to go where they're going to be the most productive. And and so the worry is, is that housing is creating this, these barriers that people aren't being you know, optimally allocated across jobs. Now, work from home really helps with that, of course, because now it doesn't matter where that where the job is, I can live wherever yeah. the housing is cheapest. Um, and, and so that, that's certainly a move in the right direction. But like you say, uh, aside from the work from home and the people who actually have to be in a physical location to do the work, it's very competitive right now. I'm sure Ottawa or Ontario and, and BC aren't thrilled because everybody's facing such a labor shortage right now. You need to keep the workers you have. No, that, that's it. So, I mean, there's there's sort of two things, I, it seems to me, that, that are going to have to adjust. One is, to some extent, jobs 
might be mobile. So you might see some of those jobs that were in the GTA. Employers are going to say, well, we can't attract young workers, new talent to come and work here because it's just too expensive for them to live. So they're going to relocate somewhere else, maybe in Alberta. The other thing that, of course, you you could imagine happening is is, um, workers are just going to have to make other kinds of adjustments, right? So, um, you know, what, one of the things they, they do is they, they, they change the, the jobs that they're in, the occupations they're in, and, and they make decisions about what kinds of, occup- what kinds of education programs to invest in. Um, and, and so they, they, they don't invest in those kinds of jobs that are only in the Toronto area where they can't afford to live. And, you know, I guess there's also a risk to Alberta, right? Bringing in a bunch of people um, also causes added costs, added, you know, I mean, it's not like they just are absorbed seamlessly. Uh, It's an added stressor on our province, too. Yeah, I don't know if that's true. I mean, if these are high-skilled workers that, uh, you know, are with high earnings, they certainly will bring increased revenues, income tax revenues. Um, so, you know, in the true. short term, that might be true. There may be some adjustment costs. That's very much like immigration in general. Yeah. But in the short run, if you have large numbers of immigrants, there are some adjustments costs. But over time, if these immigrants are highly skilled, have higher earnings, that that it can pay off economically in the long run. I think the real challenge for, for a lot of these cities like Toronto is, is, is you know, housing affordability. Yeah. And so what's going to happen there, I think, over time is that these cities are going to realize that, that restrictions on on housing developments um, they, they, they just have to they have to bend. There's, it's just too cost, costly to have all these restrictions. Yeah, especially and we've got to the point. I mean, you look at some of the the, the prices of houses in Vancouver and Toronto, and we may have already passed that point, Macau. I mean, I mean, good lord, you're looking at a million dollars to get into any kind of home in Vancouver. Yeah, but I I, I think we're at a different part of that trend now, uh, and and I I think people probably. I haven't fully appreciated how much uh, what the central bank, the Bank of Canada is doing is going to impact housing markets in the GTA in yeah. Vancouver. Um, you know, that that's still to come, and we're on a path there. Uh, I think we're going to be surprised 12 months from now when we look at what kind of an impact that has had. Excellent insight. Thank you so much, Mikhail. I appreciate you being with us today. <laughs> Thanks for having me, Shay. Anytime. That is Mikhail Scooterud, who is an economics professor at the University of Waterloo. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. <laughs> and Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. (laughs) For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.